I think if you were a pro at this, you would do a little bit more research before doing something like this. <laughs> if, if you were a pro at this, you probably wouldn't like be organizing the the topic, um, like at the exact time you're supposed to record. Welcome back, Hoops Temple fans. Today, I'm your host, Nigo, and uh, with me is uh, Dylan. How are you? Hey, Nico, how's it going? It's going all right. It's going all right. We are without uh, Nate today, um, but I think we are going to do well without him. Not sure who's going to like cut this up and edit our podcast, but we'll get to that later, I think. Um, but today, we're going to talk a little bit about the... Um, Divisions again, specifically the uh, Central and Southeast Division to close out the Eastern Conference. Dylan, hmm. so many reactions on Facebook. I've seen some great comments <laughs> in there, and um, <laughs> how are you feeling about all this uh, uh, attention to our Top 100 yes. podcast? It was fun recording. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was a lot <laughs> of fun to do, um, and we we put up put up the link to our Top 100. We had the we had the list. We had the podcast link. Um, shared that out to the world and the people of um facebook you know that they never wants to hold their tongue um so we had a, a lot of great um a lot of great comments and reactions from the community one guy said whoever made this list should lose their job i'm yeah. sure he was <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that was a, a reaction to sabonis or or um something else seems like the the biggest gripe overall we did have a lot of positive feedback but the biggest gripe seems to be russell westbrook do you think we have Russell Westbrook too low, or do you think he just has a big contingency of of fans who are a little bit um, oblivious to where he actually sits in the current NBA? Okay, so all I know is that I definitely had Westbrook higher than you guys. <laughs> oh, so you're not talking. Uh, about... And I think I. So it's just yeah, us and who I should think lose I started our jobs. out. <laughs> yeah, that's on you guys. <laughs> nah, but in general, I really appreciated all this feedback from from the people commenting on Facebook and stuff. Um, and it seems like there was like a theme. Westbrook fans was definitely getting hurt by our, by us having him out of the like top twenty five. And also like there are some some bonus comments and yeah, there are a few uh, like you know criticisms going out going on here and there. But overall, I think there was a lot of people like just interacting because. I've, I I saw a lot of people like just commenting uh, about how hard uh, it is to like do such a big list, <laughs> and and I mean yeah it sure was <laughs> yeah I mean it took us like it took us like a month to put together right and some of these guys are like just man you gotta redo this yeah, <laughs> yeah no <laughs> no fucking way <laughs> just n- um. no more comment other than that just like nah redo it it's like we, we spent a month <laughs> like three different podcasts talking about this and then some random dude just like yeah. oh russell westbrook at 44 now nah, just redo this yeah man but i appreciate all this feedback and it was, it's great to see people interacting with our podcast and yeah that's always if, if fun. If people do want to go on Facebook and uh, say that I should lose my job, where can they where can they do that? I mean, that's not something happening every day. <laughs> you, Dylan, you want to go right into this uh, division talk? Yeah, so um, I think back on the divisions, going to round out the East. Yeah, I think we should like just start out with the Central Division, and uh, why not just kick it out with the with the Detroit Pistons, like the uh, definitely the uh, lowest seed team uh next season i think so i kind of had the idea that you know with all all of um all, all of the feedback we've been getting you know why don't, why don't we find a way no no matter what to um to give a compliment here you know every, every team is going to have criticism no one was perfect this off season so for every team let's at least try to find one 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 good thing one piece of positive um to comment on and the detroit pistons they got the best player in the draft and probably the best player from the last two three maybe maybe drafts that they got Kay Cunningham yep and, and so for them to get that level of prospect you know that's that's a great start to their season perfect draft really 
you know, they didn't overcomplicate it. They took the best guy. And so they very well may be the worst team in this division. But, you know, think things are looking up for the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, it's definitely clearing up. I mean, there's been a dark cloud above uh, Detroit for a very long time, I think. Basically since, uh, you know, that great era with Chauncey Billups and uh, the Rasheed Wallace, Ben Wallace uh, duo and, and, and those guys. Basically since they, like, disappeared from, from Detroit, it's been pretty bad. <laughs> but I think it's definitely clearing up. I mean... They have a lot of young talent at the moment. Some of them, I think, can be really good. Kate Cunningham, of course, one of them. But we saw some pretty like promising things from guys like Sabin Lee. I think Killian Hayes is definitely better than than a lot of people give him credit for. Actually, a little bit of fun thing, fun fact about Killian Hayes. I just read that he's actually the longest tenured uh, Detroit Piston at the moment. <laughs> So, so even though he's like 20 years old and he was drafted a year ago, I think. Yep. He is actually the uh, longest tenured Detroit Piston on the team. Yeah, right Killian now. Hayes is the vet. <laughs> yeah. He's going to show these guys how Detroit does it. Yeah. But I mean, I say a steward, pretty exciting talent. Uh, Sadiq Bey, he's showing some great signs. So they got a pretty solid rust of young guys who s- definitely seems to have a future in this mm-hmm. league. Um, so that's the good. Yeah. They actually do have a few like pretty decent veterans too like just guys that are around that can make it easier on the court and probably off the court too you know having yeah. kelly olenic who's like a you know a legit floor spacer you know having a big that can shoot the ball is going to be great for the likes of cunningham and hayes to try to get inside you know Corey joseph as as like mediocre he is as he is as a player you know he's a he's a veteran point guard that knows how to at least bring the ball up and and can play defense and understands the game so I think having him there as well as an option is 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 good. So they do have some veteran players around those um you know promising young players, but um I mean it's all gonna start and end with Cade. So how do you feel about me saying that they are definitely gonna be the lowest seeded team of the central division? Do you think that holds up, or do you think Cleveland's gonna be worse? Um, no, I, th- I think the Pistons will have it. You know the defense is probably gonna be rough. Now Isaiah Stewart's a pretty good mm. player, but relying on a rookie center. Um, you know, even if if I don't think Jared Allen's worth a hundred million dollars, he's you know at least a decent defensive anchor at the five. So yeah, I think they'll probably take it. Also, just having an offense run by by young playmakers, Killian Hayes is gonna you know I'm sure show flashes, but also be great if you want to suck. And Kate, I think is is one of the best prospects we've seen in a long time. You know, probably since Zion, which I guess is not that long ago, but any rookie is gonna do do wonders for losing. Um, and he'll have plenty of opportunities to, to um, you know, turn the ball over and make questionable plays. So yeah, I, th- I think their their defense is probably going to suck, and then you know their 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 offense isn't going to be amazing either. So I think they will be the worst team. So Cleveland probably the uh, uh, like second worst team in the Central Division. Yep, I think that's pretty uh, locked down. Yeah, that's, that's pretty uncontroversial. Yeah, but actually some pretty damn exciting signings in Cleveland. Like they did some weird ones also, but I mean Laurie Markinen is pretty interesting mm. to add to this team. I think not that they need <laughs> a uh, lengthy big man. Yeah, like are, are they gonna play him at the three? Like what are they doing? Yeah, they just gave Jared Allen a hundred I mean, million dollars and drafted Evan Mobley. Right, they gotta start Jared Allen after they gave him that contract. Yeah. But but I think Laurie might actually be uh, starting. No, uh, I mean, you can't start off the bench, but <laughs> you know, he, he's going to be off mm. the bench um, with Evan Mobley, I think, starting alongside uh, Jared yep. Allen. He was doing that in, in Chicago, and it was kind of fine. Yep. But we could see some fu- funky uh, lineups with like Jared Allen, Markinen as the like big guys, and then Evan Mobley as the free, I think. Oh, uh, yeah, man, I really hope they don't go to like any three big lineups. Um it's gonna be yeah. Weird. Isn't isn't that kind of weird though? Like that they just the marketing signing in general that like they gave up an asset. I can't remember what it was. It was it was they gave up like a pick or something and and Larry Nance. Yeah. To like give Larry Markinen a lot of money, even though his team didn't want him. That's kind of weird. Yeah. And like, is yes. do they just want him to be their sixth man? Like, is hmm. is his ceiling like Davis Bertans at this point? Like just a. a four that's going to come come in off the bench and like score 16 points and space the floor i mean when you put it that way 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, that's basically him. But I actually have high hopes for Lowry Markinen. I think he's a lot better at attacking the rim, and, and you know, he's a bigger body than a guy like Davis Bertans. So I think he can still be a starter in the league, but definitely takes some development. He's not there yet. But what do you think they will do with Kevin Love? I, I heard I heard some stories around they are trying to um, you know get him bought out. Yeah, I think uh, Kevin Love is pretty. Uh, he don't want to give up any money. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's basically the the gist of the story is like they keep bringing in guys to play over him. You know they don't want him there. He's not giving them anything on the court. He's taking away minutes that they could be given to younger guys, and is also being like a massive fucking dickhead. So like he's not even yeah. like being like veteran leader. He's just like, <laughs> what 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 did he do? Like throw the ball to other team or something? Yeah, and like screw you guys. I don't want to play on this yeah. team. It's a weird situation because I I understand you don't want to give thirty million away, but it's just like, are you just gonna be sitting on the bench being pissed at the the Cavaliers for another two years? Yeah, I mean that that might be what he ends up having to do because like, why would they play him? Yeah. You know, yeah. I wouldn't even want him in the locker. So, like, can they just tell him to stay home? Because the other option is obviously they want to buy him out, and he's saying I'm not I'm not taking anything less than what I'm owed. So you have to pay me the full amount if you just you just have to waive me um, and pay me my full contract. Um, which is not really how how deals have that's not really how deals get done. If you look at you know Kimber, the money that he gave back. If you look at Blake, the money that he gave back. You know, these these veteran players that are trying to get from a shitty team where they're under contract to a, to a better team, you know, they're giving it back like tens of millions of dollars. And Kevin Love is saying, you have to pay me everything. Yeah. I don't really know what sort of leverage he has. It's kind of a weird, weird situation. I, I mean, I understand <laughs> that he wants his money. You can say that he earned them. <laughs> but... <laughs> can you? <laughs> like, he... <laughs> I mean, not really, because, you know, he was, he, was get, he was playing in Cleveland with with um, LeBron and Kyrie, and they had like a nice trio, and then he got paid. Yeah, they like, they paid him like after both those guys left. Like he was supposed to be there, you know. We're yeah. getting Minnesota Kevin Love back, but he was just right. He was just like Cleveland LeBron, sorry, Cleveland Kevin Love, but without LeBron and Kyrie. Exactly, he got paid to be like their star player, but he just never was, and he's not going to be. And all this, uh, this situation with the Olympics is just definitely not helping. I mean, he was basically kicked out of the team because he was not good enough. Uh, he was not giving any effort, and he was just not just not healthy. Yeah. Well, I have no idea why he was on the team I mean, to that begin doesn't with. Help. Yeah. So I think Kamilov is pretty much done. Hmm. If you if you were the Cavs, what would you what would you be doing? Are you gonna give him all the money, or just be like like if you want to play? then you have to give back some money because we're just not going to play you. Yeah, I mean, if I'm the Cavaliers, I'm definitely not going to play him. Won't benefit anything. So so, so basically, if I were the Cavaliers, I would be telling him, like, okay, if you want to play, I mean, yeah, play like you're Kevin Love. If you don't want to give that kind of effort, like, enjoy the bench. And I don't think any team's going to, like, be wanting to have him on, on that team. Because, like, basically, since LeBron left, it's been a train wreck with yeah. him. Yeah, it'd be interesting, like, if, if he does get bought out, if, like, there's any team that actually... Well, I'm sure someone will want him, but, like, it'd be interesting to see if he's got anything left to give. You know, I'm sure the Nets or Lakers will sign him, but it'd be interesting to see if he can play at all. Um, quickly, before we go off of them, they've got a decision to make on Colin Sexton. Um, I think it's next season they have to decide whether or not they're going to pay him. I think I think they're trading Colin yeah. Sexton. I just think that they, they got Rick Rubio now, and I think they're going to, like, put their money in... in Darius Garland mm. yeah one move that I kind of liked before um, their division made, made a bunch of other moves is like I kind of liked Sexton for Kobe White and like some some you know peripheral value you sort of defer that decision you get a, a talented young guy in the Bulls get the more established guy um, so I wonder if there's a move to be made that's sort of like that where you downgrade the player but you get someone who's a little bit younger and still under team control because they you know they are rebuilding they do need good young players but I agree I don't think you know paying Colin Sexton at this stage is great for your rebuild so if there's a way that you can move off of him and, and you know trade him to a team that needs a point guard that's willing to pay him and hopefully get something um, of a little bit of value back and I think that's the way they should go for that too mm. top 100 player Colin Sexton was he a top 100? I think so he must be the first 
top 100 player yeah. we've mentioned today. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> it only took us 25 minutes of recording in the um, whatever division this is to um, <laughs> find a top 100 player. I think we should just not talk about the top 100 anymore. <laughs> I think we've done, done our talks about top 100. No, I think, yeah. But uh, maybe they could use Colin Sexton to get off Kevin Law's contract. I mean, the only way that you're going to do that is like you attach Sexton to like bring the deal back to neutral value or something close to neutral value. Mm. So then you have to still like take back like a bad player who's overpaid. You just swap Kevin Love for another player that's overpaid, but maybe has fewer years or is more willing to give back money. Maybe you could trade him for like uh, Demar Derozan. <laughs> hey, Demar Derozan is um he's he's on a championship contender. Oh yeah, we'll we'll get to there. So Demar Derozan, um, he's on the Bulls now. Do you think that he is part of you know Chicago's long-term plans? Well, I mean, he has to be. They've like. They've they've forced him in there, you know. They gave him this big contract of way more than what he's worth. Um, they're sort of all in. Basically, the idea is that you know Zach Levine is a is a free agent um, this coming off season, and he's never he's never won four games in a row um, in his entire career. And so the the Bulls are really had to mm. you know sort of make some moves to put some talent around him just to try to you know get a somewhat competitive team. And so for for better or worse, Demar is you know he's going to be on the team. No one's taking that contract for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a big one. The reason I'm asking is that I just see a lot of uh, hardcore Chicago Bulls fans. Whenever I ask them, like, how do they feel about having Demar Rosen on that team, <laughs> they're all like just big question marks. Yeah, because they they have no clue why they signed him to that contract. Yeah. And he's kind of a weird fit. He's a weird fit anywhere. I guess. Yeah. Sure. So I, <laughs> I have this little bit. Maybe you have a wild... You've got a theory? Yeah, I get, yeah, a, a wild theory, yeah. So, Ben Simmons is not wanted in, in Philly anymore, right? <laughs> he's definitely not, no. And he's on a p- pretty big contract as well. He is, yeah. So, what if Chicago Bulls signed Demar Rosen as a way to get uh, Ben Simmons? <laughs> so, um, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of bitters on Ben Simmons right now. Uh, we've seen reports that uh, the the rumors around uh, a Golden State trade is basically um nobody has been talking about uh, you know getting a trade done. It doesn't seem like there's anyone really willing to give up anything for Ben Simmons. Um, so how would you feel like if if Demar Rosen was available? Wouldn't that be an upgrade for the F- Philadelphia 76ers? You like trade one guy who can't shoot for another guy who can't shoot <laughs> but at least Demar can hit the free <laughs> that is true at least Demar will take a layup well yeah. you, you trade the massive playoff choker Ben Simmons who had one of the most embarrassing playoff moments in, in recent NBA history for proven playoff player Demar DeRozan right <laughs> he's got a lot of experience that's exactly what Philadelphia needs so he's definitely experienced a lot of things I don't know if he's uh, if it's bringing value though yeah I mean that's just a wild one. I mean I was just no. I mean uh, it, that 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 thought just crossed my mind while driving to work one day, and and I couldn't like. Yeah. No sure. It, it, yeah, it makes sense. I mean Chicago aren't gonna win a championship with you know Zach Levine as like their their only no. you know all star, and they also are not really gonna be in position in any time soon to go out and sign a guy, um, even if they could attract a free agent. And so your only option is to trade for an all-star. There are really a lot of all-stars available. Ben Simmons, though, is technically an all-star. He is available. You know, he's a, he's a pretty decent fit as a guy that can... You know, the biggest hole on their team at the moment is probably just a forward who can defend until we see what Patrick Williams is. So he'd be a good fit. You know, he can get out in transition and throw some alley-oops to Zach Levine. That would be fun. And, and so it does it does make sense from that perspective of you... you need all-stars to win and you're not going to be able to get one um in any traditional way so if you can hopefully demar can you know establish some value he can show that he's you know a go-to scorer maybe the market stays stays so bad that just getting an all-star in for simmons is is sort of the best you can do yeah i I was just thinking about like alternatives to um what chicago can do uh in the next offseason because i have very little faith in this group making anything happening 
Ascent, they're spending right now 88 million dollars on on just Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, Vucevic, and DeRozan. I don't see that getting you anywhere as a fir- first round exit. So that that pretty much answers my question. Is like overall, I've seen people like saying, you know, this is the perfect off season. This is an A plus, and you know, not just mm. like idiots and random social media, but you know, seemingly smart people. Are you are you, are you with that? Are you? I mean, obviously not. Did you did you like your off season overall? Or if you were to give it a grade, where some people are saying A plus, what sort of grade would you be looking at? I mean, I've I've given them an A. I, I mean, they they did fantastic. They brought in so much talent. They definitely made this team a lot more like watchworthy. <laughs> if that's the word, watchable. Watchable. Yeah. They couldn't have done any better <laughs> in in terms of bringing in talent. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of big names to get in this off season, and they just got like some of the biggest ones. So in that regard, great job. But looking forward, they're just like uh, tied up to this group of people who have zero faith in winning a championship yeah so in that regard not so much of a great job <laughs> yeah yeah i mean if you were to sort of give them a an, an outlook on how you're feeling and coming into the season do you think they're like a top four seed in the east do you think they're a, a lower playoff seed um i think you already said first round exit so you think they're you know, maybe in that five to eight range yeah this should be in that range five to eight that should be be pretty realistic i don't think they will crack the top five. I've a hard time seeing that. Hmm. I mean, the Eastern Conference is kind of contested uh, this season. Been a lot of improvements on different teams. And, you know, F- Philly, who was great last season, will probably still be pretty damn good this yeah. season. But they also got worse at the same time. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Depends what, what they will do with Ben Simmons. Yeah. I mean, if they just, like, if they come into the season... And, like, they can't get a move for Ben Simmons and he refuses to play. So you've just got, you know, basically last year's team, but just without Ben Simmons. Isn't that still, like, a pretty good team? Like, it, everyone's everyone's sort of, um to to go totally off topic, but it seems like everyone's totally out on the sixes, but, like... That's still you know, top five. Tyrese Maxey, Seth Curry, um, Tobias Harris, yeah. Danny Green, Joel Embiid. You know, that's that's still still a pretty good team. I mean, is, is, is Joel Embiid going to be better this season? Uh, I think there's a clear possibility that he could be. I mean, he might be the best player in the league this year. He was at right. times last and, year. And Ben Simmons is not a great fit. Yeah, Ben Simmons is just not a great fit for him. So maybe that'll leave leave some improvements um, for his for him. Uh, yeah. So you got Philly, you got Brooklyn, you got probably Boston and Milwaukee. They're like your Knicks were a top four seed, and they you know they signed two players that are upgrades on their previous starters. Mm. Even if I didn't believe in the Knicks all season long, they signed two good players to a four seed. Yeah, they could easily be better than Chicago, I think. Atlanta um, too. You know, I Toronto's would take them over. Definitely Atlanta, yeah. yeah. Uh, Miami Heat. So now we're at six. Um, yeah, and I mean, Toronto is back home. Yeah, Toronto, yeah. Maybe Toronto's a big something. question mark, but I mean, right. we're looking at like six, seven, eight. Like this A plus us, A plus off season, where you get two of, if not the two biggest names in free agency. Mm. And and we're talking about them being a six, seven, or eight seed. Right. So it's looking pretty grim. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be very watchable. <laughs> yeah. But is is this team closer to winning a championship because of these off season moves? Yeah. No. Possibly not. So it's a strange situation. Yeah. <laughs> great off season. Going to be not so great in terms of results. Um, Do you know who so is close to winning Indiana. championship? Oh yeah, I forgot about the Pacers. I was, uh, was going to no, go to no, the Bucks, no. but no, <laughs> no. Indiana no, no, is, no, no, is no, no, not no. that close to winning a championship. I, I was just like, oh, you think Indiana's <laughs> going to be contestant? Yeah. You know how high I am on Sabonis, right? <laughs> so you wanna like? I have zero thoughts on Indiana Pacers. I didn't like them last season. They have Karis LeVert now. Is he going to change a lot of stuff in Indiana? I think. Indiana could be just like a incredibly solid team. Like they've always mm-hmm. found a way to be pretty good on on defense. Um, if like Karis Levert and TJ Warren are, are both healthy and sort of playing to their abilities, um, hmm. you know that that could be a, a sneaky good team. And we you know we listed off six teams that are in the East that are or seven teams in the East maybe um, that are legitimately good. I mean. 
the Pacers, if they, you know, are solid on on defense, they've got, you know, the offense of Sabonis and and um, you know, if Karras and TJ, if we get bubble TJ with, you know, Karras at his best, um, if those two guys are healthy and they they're really playing, you know, this I feel like this could be a a, a slept on team, especially in like the the starting five. You know, the bench is is kind of alright too, but just like that starting five is like is is super solid. They are super solid. Yeah. You you could say that about Indiana for the last couple of seasons. They're just like yeah. super yeah. solid. Yeah. <laughs> but not quite there. But I kind of feel like they've taken their their super solid to another level. If if those guys can be can be healthy and and can do what they've sort of shown flashes of being able to do. You know, if TJ Warren's just an awesome mm. two-way wing and Karras is, you know, a lethal scorer and then they've got Sabonis, the the guy who's a the greatest that maybe the greatest passing big yeah, man. Yeah, the greatest league. ball handling big man. Sorry, the the, the <laughs> second best passing yeah. ball, big man in the league. Yeah. You know, Miles Turner yeah. is one of the most unique fives in the league. Yeah. I mean, where were Indiana last season? Indiana last season were they were second in second in the division. Yeah, just in terms of point differential, they were they were seventeenth in the league. So right between New Orleans and Miami, that was with you know, yeah, a lot of guys missing the. To jump up to the teams above them, you're looking at like getting into like Boston, Atlanta, New York territory, and you know I think they'll be better this year if they're getting anything yeah. from TJ and Karras. You know they'll be better. So to move up from where they are, then you're getting into Boston, Atlanta, New York, which are you know four, five, six in the East. Yeah. So do you think there's a there's a world in which you know this team is just sort of super solid and they've got you know this really complete starting five and coach gets them to defend hopefully better than what they did last year where they were sort of middle of the pack you know if they can get to sort of top 10 offense top 10 defense um which i think is is yeah, pretty realistic yeah. yeah i think so too do you think there's some sneaky indiana potential uh, now we're talking about them I, th- I kind of feel like there's a possibility they may they may end up above like both new york and chicago they actually actually had some pretty good signings in terms of like bench guys uh, they got the like Probably the oldest rookie in the first round uh, in Chris Duarte, who who may be um, you know ready to do an, ready to make an impact right away. Goga Bitatsi is getting older. Um, Tori Craig, he's been on some good teams. Yeah. he was just in the in the in the NBA Finals. Right, Justin Holiday has been doing great while uh, T.J. Warren was injured last season. So great off the bench. T.J. McConnell is is always. Uh, a great yep. watch uh, Give, gives your second unit some energy so, and a and a offensive identity. Yeah, yeah. So so they're pretty damn set for this uh, uh, regular season. I think they 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 could be very lethal actually. They have the right pieces. Let me let me ask you this. Give me a a percentage chance. Um, what percentage chance do you think if they are all healthy? What 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 are the chances that they could win a first round series if we get healthy Warren, healthy Levert? What are the chances that they could take off, you know, uh, New York or Boston or Atlanta or whoever the four seed or or maybe maybe, you know, depending on where you think they'll end up. What do, what do you think the chances are? Yeah, so you're looking at the uh, at matching up with like New York, Miami, Boston, Atlanta, maybe even Chicago. Or maybe higher if 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 they're a, if they're a lower seed, then maybe they get the sixes or something. Yeah, and that's the problem. I mean, if they end up at like the ninth or tenth seed. As you know, as a uh, uh, playing um, winner, mm. I don't think they have big chances against teams like Philadelphia and Brooklyn, and definitely not Milwaukee. So, if, if they end up at like a five, six in the regular season, I think they have some pretty good chances of getting to the second round. But I think they will struggle against, uh, you know, there's some pretty heavy teams at the top uh, of the East. So, so <laughs> a percentage. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> a, a decent chance if they're high and let's low. Let's give it a. <laughs> if they're low. Yeah, if they do well in the regular season, I think they have. Let Let's give them an an seventy percent chance of winning Ooh. a uh, first round series. But like, if they end up at like as a button seed, so they're gonna face the one or first or second seed. I mean, I would I would give them like twenty percent. So they have a lot of work to do. Yeah. 
but maybe they're um you know being slept on a little bit you know they're not a team that anyone's really talking about but you know they have at least something of a chance to be able to be a team that could you know make some noise mm. i mean well-constructed team they're definitely a more stable uh situation than i mean even boston and uh, definitely more stable situation than the bulls i guess you can stay optimistic if you're an indiana fan mm. i don't see any reasons so why not yeah. be optimistic? i'll give you one reason to be up op- to not be optimistic is like oh where is this team going and you've got some good players is there like a little bit of blow it up potential like you are you are locked right. in this is where you are you know if they start out they're like looking like a seven seed with everyone good you know sabonis was an all-star miles turner is one of the four guys in the league who can protect the rim and shoot threes um you know tj warren is a two-way forward malcolm brogdon is a a, a two-way guard who can run some offense and defend there are pieces that good teams would be willing to offer for that right but i mean this season they're all healthy and that's always something they've been struggling with so at least they'll start the season out with a uh, fully healthy lineup so see you guys do you want to go to the champs milwaukee bucks do you think they got better or worse this offseason they lost pj saga and added semi ojule but other than that they are basically the same team yeah i think if like the goal of their offseason was to ensure that they repeat as champions I, I think they've had a hard a hard path to doing that anyway and then it has gotten worse not bringing back pj tucker they had every you know available avenue to do that they could have done that if if ownership was willing to give him money and pay the tax bill for that which they weren't willing mm. to do so they lost pj tucker because their ownership didn't want to pay tax i feel like there's there's there must be a move that we're missing right like they did sign someone it wasn't just semi ojale yeah they did i mean they they got the um, grace on ellen as well which i think is a great yeah, sign. that's a decent trade yeah and also they signed uh, rodney hood who's also uh, an amazing signing if he's like just uh, I, I mean we've seen him be like a solid solid uh, six man at, at some points of his career and he's only 28 28 years old so that's a good possibility he's gonna be great from the bench yeah re-signed bobby portis if if the nets were healthy like they would have beat the bucks um and then the bucks just possibly <laughs> i mean kevin durant nearly did it by himself um and now they've just made themselves worse against the nets their their goals are retaining you know it sort of goes through brooklyn unless you're just banking on you know they're gonna have two of their best players injured deserving champion they they got it done but you know they they beat the nets with only kevin durant who almost beat them on his own and then you know the phoenix suns who are like the fourth best team in their conference and so for you to just be like okay we beat the nets with only kevin durant and we beat the suns we're good we don't need pj tucker we'll bring it back and we'll we'll retain with what we have you know you this this was a, a you were in a position where you needed to improve because chances are your opponents in the conference finals and the nba finals are going to be better and i think they got worse okay so i actually think they got Ooh. better um yeah because something that we saw with um pj saga this playoff run was that you know he's still a pretty damn, damn good defender and he's always like giving everything he's got but he missed a lot of open shoot oh, yeah, uh, jump yeah. shots he, he you know, could not um, shoot to... corner freeze and stuff yeah and and in that regard i think grayson allen is a lot better he's a pretty damn good shooter and he's also you know like peter saga he's also a guy who is always giving 100% he's trying on defense he's hustling all that um and you know simeojle he's got at least the physicality part uh, he's a big guy like um, PJ Saga, so possibly a pretty good replacement in terms of bringing in some defensive uh, presence. Yeah. Um, and they got Dante DiVincenzo back in terms of uh, he's not injured anymore. So they got more shooting. They got, you know, younger legs. Um, they can bring some defense as well, but they got smaller, that's for sure. I mean, having DiVincenzo back is going to help for sure. You know, they were... They were down a guy who was like a legitimately good starter for them so we, we've got to acknowledge that as well but like have, have the bucks found some some sort of nba hack where they're allowed to have you know one guy in for defense and then when they run down the other end of the court they can put like another guy in like you can't you can't have six yeah. guys on the court at, at one time so you can't just like 
have Simi in to play defense and then put Grayson Allen in to shoot shoot threes. Yeah. Um, you know, as as mediocre of an offensive player as PJ Tucker was, you know, like he's still a guy that you kind of have to like have someone stand there when he's in the corner. Yeah, like the most prolific three three point corner shooter of like the last five years. If you look at just you know made field goal attempts or just made field goals from from area. And he's also one of the best Kevin Durant defenders in the league. Um, there was really no one else on their team that could that could do that, and they've taken him off and not really put in another option. So you know they have to go through Kevin Durant, and now they've got no one to guard him. Right. They do at least have better guard defenders. Like they've got Drew and and Divincenzo yeah. should do a decent job if, if the Nets guards are healthy. Um, but now they've got no one to defend Durant. Like Giannis can't do that. We saw that. Yeah. But then again, I mean. There's not a lot of guys who can actually defend Kevin That's Durant. That's a good point. Maybe maybe the standard of did you sign a Kevin Durant stopper shouldn't be the the standard that I'm holding them to. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, is is Peter Tucker 38 or something? I don't think he's gonna be the guy holding Kevin Durant back. So I mean, I feel like they're be- that they they've gotten better this off season. So high hopes for for their chances as a contester, contending team. Um, if if we're talking championship odds, do you think they're the are they the favorite? Are they top three? Top five maybe? Favorites? Mm, that's I have a hard time calling them a favorite. So if you're the defending champions and your off season left you in a position where you're you know no better than top five, is that really a win? Is that a successful off season? You have you have a good ability to like. Making me second guess every single thing I say. No, I just I just have an ability to find the bad in everything. You're like, yeah, yeah look look at these look great. at these I mean, great moves I made. <laughs> they made. I was like, yeah, but they're yeah. the <laughs> fuck these guys. <laughs> nah, but I mean, were were they their favorites last season? I don't think so. Um, and uh, part of them winning the championship, I think, was also just the fact that. A lot of teams were injured, like the Brooklyn Nets, and the same thing at the other end of the, uh, you know, in the Western Conference. There was also a lot of injured teams, which I think Phoenix benefited from. <laughs> we should probably not get too much into that, as that may be some somewhat controversial. Uh, are we are we scared of of controversy on this podcast? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> guess not <laughs> but but I really don't want to shit talk Phoenix for, for getting to the finals yeah. I mean every, every NBA finalist and every champion has to catch some breaks except the Warriors you know are Milwaukee at least in a position where if they get the right breaks they could be a champion again um, I think for sure you know they've got they've got a guy who you know one of us thought was the best player in the NBA and I think the other two of us thought was the second best player in the NBA um, or, or top three player in the NBA Um and they've got you know Middleton and Drew who are who are awesome players as well. Bringing back Divincenzo once he's back, Brooke Lopez is still doing what he does, and you know I'm sure they can find a way to stay in in that realm of if you catch the right breaks, you're the champion. Yeah, they have a solid uh, starting lineup, and they do have some solid guys off the bench as well. So Bobby Portis will get you a bucket. But a team who is not uh, particularly solid. Who's also got a Lopez brother on that team? Oh, what are your thoughts on Orlando Magic? <laughs> you know, I was looking at their roster the other day, and they've got sort of like a a really weird roster. It's like they positioned themselves to like make some moves, and then just didn't make the moves. So they've got like they've got like thirteen guys that can play. Right, it's a really weird team, and most of them are guards. What what are the Orlando Magic at this stage? Not very good. Um, what do you think of the rookies that they picked up? Um, so they drafted Jalen Sachs, who seems like a pretty damn good player, but a very strange fit in Orlando. They got Franz Wagner, who I think fits fits that team a little bit better in terms of he's like a... He's not a guard. Yeah. <laughs> For starters. That's the one criteria and, of if you I mean, fit on the Magic. Just, are you a guard? <laughs> no. <laughs> all right you're a perfect fit <laughs> right yeah <laughs> so uh he's definitely a position <laughs> where they are liking some players i mean they have J- jonathan isaac and chuma okk kind of on that uh you know forward position i, I think there's some great rookies but 
their biggest name, Jalen Sucks, is um, how do you fit him <laughs> in there? Uh, uh, so, okay, so so some pretty good drafts, I think, but strange fit. <laughs> I mean, when you're in the position that the Magic are in, like you don't draft for fit, you just take the best guy. And I think where they where they were picking right. Jalen Suggs was the best guy. I think it was the best guy where Toronto were picking as well. Um, so they they got kind of lucky there. But yeah, so you you give them you know, a positive for that draft. They are kind of building up some young guys, you know, with with Suggs, with Cole Anthony, with Wagner. Um, you know, you can see sort of the potential, and and some other guys, you know, the likes of RJ Hampton, where there's you know a a better chance that he's out of the league in two years than like as a starter, but there's also like a chance that he's like an all star in five years or in three years. Um, mm. So a, a guy like that, where it's high high risk, but does have the potential with his you know athletic ability and some of the shooting touch that he's shown at times. Yeah, you know, if he can put it all together, you know, he could really be someone. Is it likely that he's going to get there? No, but that's the kind of guy that you need on your team if you're an Orlando Magic. A guy that, you know, I was really high on, um, top 100 NBA player, Jonathan Isaac. I think this is the year where we get, like, Jonathan Isaac unleashed. They need to, like, stop playing him with another four and just, like, he's he's your four and sometimes your five. It's kind of underrated, like, just how massive he is. Like, he's, like, 6'11", 245, yeah. and massive wingspan you know like he's basically a five you know he shouldn't be playing the small forward even though he has some some wing skills um so i think this is the season where we we can possibly get jonathan isaac unleashed and and he can really show why people like me think that he can be a defense player the year caliber player yeah and i think in terms of getting a, a guy f- uh, that fits uh you know the team in terms of uh, getting some talent around jonathan isaac i think uh, Franz Wagner is actually I mean he seems like a good fit alongside Jonathan Isaac but all in all I have a very hard time seeing where Orlando is getting at I think we are going to see some trades this uh, oh, yeah, we, we should definitely see some trades yeah and I, um, I'm I'm pretty certain that, that this Orlando team is not going to do very well in the regular season and I'm pretty certain that like half their squad is going to be changing yeah so you know I don't think we should go too much into detail with this team because there's just a very big possibility that those guys we're talking about in with the Orlando Magic. So you don't you don't want to talk about the um the long term fit of Terrence Ross and Gary Harris on this Orlando Magic team, right? And I mean even guys like Cole Anthony and Michael Fultz. Uh, okay, maybe Cole Anthony is is gonna stay, but uh, I, I I wouldn't you know exclude him in in trade talks. Michael Fultz, I think, is also getting traded. I mean, un- unless they're gonna like just double down and and bring him in as the starter, but then there's no room for Jalen Sucks and Cole Anthony. So that's a lot of yeah. They have to do something, and um, I could see any of those guys being traded. Yeah, definitely a team that's sort of um in in flux at the moment. So next up uh, is Charlotte Hornets, one of those teams that. Did pretty well last season. Lamella Ball was surprisingly good, I think. As in, he actually made a pretty damn big impact on this team. Something we rarely see from rookie yeah, point guards. Yeah, it was a rookie point guard that contributed to winning. Like, that almost never happens. Right. So that's great. And they did get some pretty interesting players this offseason. Uh, both from the draft. And they also signed Kelly Oubre on this team. And Mason Plumlee. Oh, and Ishmid also. A lot of interesting players on this team, but that young core, I mean, Lamelo Ball, um, Miles Bridges, and uh, Terry Rozier. Yeah, I mean, any young core that starts with Lamelo Ball is one of the best young cores in the NBA. Um, you know, I was super high on him, on him when we were ranking players. Um, I think he could be, you know, starting this season, just one of those point guards where it's just, if this guy's on your team, like, your, your offense is going to be good. Um, and so for them to go out and sort of make the decision that they're going to be, you know, they, they did take some players in the draft um, in James Booknight and Kai Jones, but the rest of their moves were pretty much like win now type of moves. I think their philosophy yeah. is pretty clear that they're just going to, they're going to surround Lamelo with guys who can play and, and really try to, you know, really try to be something. Um, and Gordon Hayward hopefully will be healthy this year. I know we say that every year about Gordon Hayward, but he's a, 
you know, I think I think an underrated player at this point is just a, a forward who can give you some offense as well. And then Kelly Oubre and Miles Bridges, you know, these athletic forwards who are really going to play well off of Lamelo. Um, you know, Rogier is a perfectly good, you know, guard, a combo guard who can score and um, you know do, do a couple other things. And Ish Smith is fighting off the bench. Center for them was sort of the big question coming into the season. And um, yeah, they played PJ Tucker as the center at some P- point. PJ Washington. Of last season. Yeah. yeah, and and they'll probably have to do that again this year. You know, I was sort of hoping that they might be a um, a destination for Rashawn Holmes um, hmm? before before Sacramento resigned yeah. him. They ended up going with Mason Plumley, who's I mean maybe like a borderline starting center. So that could, that could be a bit of an issue there. You know, offensively he's a pretty good player. He's a pretty decent fit with some of their guys. Defensively, I don't know if he's enough to sort of compensate for what they've some of the other flaws they've got. But this could be a really good offensive team. They definitely have a lot of firepower. Um, I'm also just really high on both PJ Washington and Jalen McDaniels. Yeah, I mean they they just have a lot of nice pieces. You know, I'm also very high on Miles Bridges. Yeah. I had him like <laughs> I think like 50 spots yeah, above yeah. you guys. <laughs> I think it's an interesting team to follow, and if you're new. F- like if you're looking for a team to uh, cheer for and like hop on a new uh, train, I think Charlotte could actually be interesting to to follow. They're super fun to watch. They're young, and I think they have a bright future. Yeah, I mean, as as much as we we're saying that they're built for the present, you know, Lamelo Ball is just going to keep getting better, um, and and you know, hopefully, so is Bridges and, and Kelly Oubre and the likes, PJ Washington. So, do you think there are a, a, a lock for like playoffs or do you think there's a little bit of downside potential where maybe they played a little bit over their heads last season and they've now doubled down on that and maybe you know may suffer some consequences of that so i think there's room for them in the top 10 but i don't expect them i don't expect charlotte to finish any higher than like the eighth spot at best if they can just get into the play-in tournament that would be fine Uh, but i don't expect anything better than that yeah, I mean, they. it's kind of hard to see how they were even so good last year. Um, I mean, they, yeah, were like in the 20s on offense and defense. You know, you'd like to think that their offense would jump up, but their defense might be even worse. And so I think, yeah, there's, there's definitely a chance that, you know, they're a, um, a lower in playoff team and maybe not someone that you'd want to match up with in the first round. But, um, yeah, I think that's sort of where they're, where they're sitting at the moment. What about the Wizards? Do you think they're a lock for the playoffs? Do you think they're in the, in, in the, oh, in the fight? Not. No, no, no. I think they're gonna be disastrous oh. to to watch next season. Yeah, I, I I'm really down on the Wizards. Okay. I mean, it's it's great to see um, a guy like um, Spencer Dinwiddie wanting to sign with uh, Washington, but I think large parts of why they didn't suck tremendously last season was just because they had. Uh, you know the guy who um, everyone was punking us about not having hire Russell Westbrook I think he just uh, single-handedly at, at some points of the uh, uh, at some point of the season just single-handedly you know gave them some uh, victories I mean that's sort of what he's good for right is like if you want to get to 40 wins then he'll he'll get you there he'll get you there yeah I don't think they they did a terrible job this off season. They they got some pretty talented players in, but not enough talent that I've that I like rate them any higher than last season. And anytime you lose a superstar, which I still think Westbrook is, and, and you know replace that with how would you rate Spencer Dinwiddie? Is he like a you know I, I I just don't think that he's he's not an all star player, right? You know he's a solid starter, but he's not someone who will get you forty wins. Uh, same goes for Montres Hell. Same goes for Kyle Kuzma. They are just not players who will get you a lot of wins. Right. Let me let me try to make the case for Washington because <clears throat> because they they had my favorite off season. Okay. Give, right. give it so. Some. What is Spencer Dinwiddie? Was it was a question that you had? You said is he an all star? Yeah. You remember that the the last time that he really played, which was which was for the Nets, mm-hmm. playing with D'Angelo Russell. And, and D'Angelo Russell was actually an all-star um, for the Nets. And, then, and there are there are people, including myself, who thought at the time and continue to think that Spencer Dinwiddie is better than D'Angelo Russell. 
and was better that season. Um, so if you're saying, is he an all-star? Well, he was better than a guy on his own team who made the all-star team. Um, so that's what Spencer Dinwiddie is. Okay. Now, right. Russell Westbrook is, is a unique player who can really, um, you know, give give you some juice, but is super hard to fit around and, and really does, you know, everything has to revolve around him because he doesn't try on defense and can't shoot. Spencer Dinwiddie is like a, a pretty decent defender and even though his three-point shooting numbers are pretty mediocre, um, if you sort of go into the splits, you'll see that he's taken a lot of a lot of pull-up jump shots, and that his catch and shoot numbers are actually, you know, right in line with what you'd expect from a from a you know a, a good three-point shooter. And so, with the with the opportunities that he'll get from playing with Bradley Beal, who you know we all had as like a top 30 NBA player, one of the best offensive guards in the league, I think that efficiency goes up for Dinwiddie as well. And just like looking down the roster. They've basically improved at like every single position over last season. You know, if you, I mean, some some would argue I would that Dinwiddie is an improvement over Westbrook. Um, you know, some wouldn't, but at like every other position, they've basically improved. You know, they've got a lot more depth getting in. You know, the likes of basically just those guys that they got in the in the Lakers trade, KCP, Kyle Kuzma, Montrezl Harrell. Those are guys that can contribute to winning basketball games. You know, they're not going to light the world on fire, but those are guys that can get you wins. Hachimura and Avdia being a year older. That should be an improvement too. Um, you know, Daniel Gafford was was fun last season, so I think he's probably going to be the starting center until, um, you know, at least until Bryant's Bryant's healthy, which is which is not amazing, but he can he can get you some um he can eat some positions and he can bring Montrezl Harrell in, who was a you know six man of the year type guy who can give you buckets off the bench. Yeah, I think this could just be like a really good offensive team, and and their defenders aren't so terrible that they're going to be you know you know they're not the Bulls. Yeah, you know, I, I can't see a reason why this team should be worse than the Bulls. <laughs> you, you can't see any reason. <laughs> I mean, okay, so I think they. <laughs> first of all, I mean, it didn't take a lot of effort to improve this team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were terrible last season. <laughs> but yeah, I, I get what you're saying at what you're getting at. I mean, with Spencer Dinwiddie, you at least have a guy who. Bradley Beal is going to benefit more by playing with Spencer Dinwiddie than with Westbrook. Ah, but I just don't see it. They just have so many mediocre guys who is going to be starting. I'm down. I think Washington is going to be one of the worst teams in the East this season. Yeah, that's fair. I could see like, I could see six through eleven for them. So if you're trying to tell me they're like the tenth or eleventh seed, I, I can definitely see it. Um, but I think there's also a, a chance that they're just like. I mean, what were they they last season? And I'm saying they've improved on both ends of the ball and gotten deeper. Right, so they were the, the eight seed last season. And I think they've gotten better on both ends of the ball and deeper. You know, there are some teams around them that have definitely improved, which could sort of eradicate all of that. Um, you know, if you look at the teams below them, Indiana, Charlotte, Chicago, Toronto, you know, all of those teams could yeah. be better than them. But I think they they did improve, so I think it's perfectly reasonable to see them as I a, just don't see them getting higher than like the eighth seed but a team who did improve didn't i'm, I'm tired of talking about washington it's de- it's <laughs> yeah it's all right it's, it's, been, it's, it's been a it's while it's depressing <laughs> <laughs> uh, not for me i, lo- I love washington <laughs> i guess i mean miami heat they did, really did improve right um do you like their signing of kyle lowry yeah absolutely i mean if your your goal is to try to remain competitive and you know get yourself into that fringe contender group where you're um you know where one of those breaks could bring you into the championship contention then yeah i do like their move and, and pj tucker as well it's it's almost you know as as good as you can do if your goal is you know jimmy butler is however old he is and he's our best player and we've got to maximize what we do with him um then i think that's pretty much as good as you can do is bringing in kyle lowry who's possibly the best player available in free agency and and pj tucker is also a good pickup so what, what do you think the chances are this uh, season in terms of like winning it all do you see them as a, like a top contender or, or more like a fringe contender? Or how do you see them uh, this season? Yeah, I mean, well, this is a team that made the NBA Finals a couple seasons ago um, in, in special circumstances, but still they were that level of team. And they've now brought in a, another all-star. You know, they're, they're, they're not, you know, Bucks, Nets, Lakers. You know, they're not that level of if everything goes right you know, if everything's normal, these are one of the teams that are going to win the championship. Um, they're not in that caliber, but they're 
they're close enough that they're you know you know Chris Middleton misses two games you know they're that level that they could you know take that kind of break and ride that to um, an NBA finals or you know conference finals or or even a championship you know they they're good enough to sort of be in the mix where if they can catch a couple breaks which you know something goes wrong every year if if they can benefit from that you know that they're, they're in the mix enough that they could there's a, a slim chance but there's there is a chance that they could be a, an NBA championship team yeah for my I, I mind. totally agree i mean they if they get deep in the playoffs and and they are like you know disaster happens and they are losing uh, Jimmy Butler to an injury or whatever i think they are not quite deep enough to overcome such i mean they're not deep enough in terms of star quality that they can miss one of those guys but but i definitely think if everything goes right it's definitely possible to see them as the uh, champions of the next season i think Kyle Lowry is the perfect match for for this team just in terms of like his you know how he sees the game and 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 how he plays and his mentality and stuff like that he's just the perfect Miami Heat I think he's gonna fit perfectly uh, alongside Jimmy Butler and and all those you know younger guys like Tyler Tyler Hero and stuff and they also have some X factors I mean they have Victor Oladipo on a minimum contract yeah I don't know if he's gonna play this season I think he might just be yeah just rehabbing but it in could Miami. be quite, quite interesting if he comes back to like the playoffs and you know he's, he's doing well off the bench or something like that he's th- i think he's definitely an x-factor but yeah you might be right he, he could also just be uh rehabbing all season long but i definitely think this team has a lot of potential and i think bam at a bio uh, i said this during our top 100 podcast as well i think bam at a bio is set for a very big season where he's gonna be the um you know best player in miami um hopefully <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there aren't a lot of teams that have two top 20 players, um, and and this is one that does. You know, they've got probably one of the three best coaches in the league as well, and, and some X-Factor players, like you said. You know, Duncan Robinson's one of the best shooters right. in the league. Tyler Hero's shown the potential at times to, you know, be a, a you know guy that can just get you buckets. PJ Tucker, you've got to defend the, some of those bigger forwards that you yeah. have to go through. You know, the Nets are sort of unanimous Eastern Conference favorites. If I'm the Nets and I'm looking at this Heat team, you know, I... I I don't really like no, that. They are I don't disgusting like in terms of like they can defend any team in the league. Yeah, they're very tough teams to uh, to play against. I think. Yeah, if I'm Kyrie James Harden and Kevin Durant, like I don't want to have to go through Kyle Lowry, right. Jimmy Butler, and Peter yeah, so Tucker. Not a lot of roster moves, but I think just getting Kyle Lowry alone is like a plus in terms of off season moves. PJ at the mid level is nice. Yeah. Markeith Morris can give you some things. You know, he was right. pretty good for the Lakers at times. Yeah. I think given a, an NBA contract to one of my favorite um, you, Dennis uh, sort of obscure players. <laughs> well, <laughs> you've, got, you've got to bring him back. Yeah, yeah. You're morally obliged. But I was talking about my guy, Max Struess. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, who is a guy that I that I like a lot. Um, and, and I think can, you know, just get you threes off the and bench. And in terms of, like, other guys who, who the general NBA fan probably don't know about, I mean... Omar Yurt7, the yogurt guy. Uh, he did some great stuff in, in the Summer League. Um, possibly a guy who can do some great great things off the bench. They don't have a lot of depth in, in, in terms of the center position. So I think... Yeah, they, they don't really have a backup five. He might get some minutes yeah, there I think so. to just, you know, yeah. do do yogurt guy stuff, get some buckets. He's, this game's so smooth. No. <laughs> yeah. So creamy. Yeah, so like... <laughs> Um, Miami, they're gonna be great, uh, and I think there's a real possibility that they're gonna end up in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals at least. We we need to touch upon the uh, Atlanta Hawks as the last team of, of conference this. finalists. Yeah. Atlanta they Hawks. they end up as the first in in the, the Southeast Division. A team who has been, I mean, their improvement last season was just tremendous. I, I think there's a lot of talks about whether or not Trey Young wanted to stay in, in Atlanta because there was just not they're just not competitive in any ways. Um and they just ended up at the fifth spot in the East all of a sudden after some great additions uh, in terms of veteran guys in Bogdan Batanovic and I think one of your favorites in Danilo Gallinari and I think a guy who doesn't get enough praise, Clint Capella, also yeah, I mean he was just insane last season. At I mean, are they just primed to to 
you know do some great stuff in, in the east yeah i mean just to just to touch on capella again yeah, sure. quickly um the fact that like your your team has got trey young lou williams danilo gallinari you know all these sort of negative defensive players and they were barely below average um defensively mm. i think is a, is a testament to clint capella who yeah i think when we talked defense player of the year he was a guy that that had a mention yep respect to him um but yeah, this Atlanta team is obviously you start at the top, and Trey Young is already one of the best offensive players in the league. <coughs> when when he's on the floor, like you're you're gonna get buckets, and that's sort of the you know one of those differentiating factors that we talked about when we talked about why um, we all had him quite high in, in our top 100 and yeah, that, higher than that some was like guys a big surprise, were, right? You know, uh, at least uh, I think you said something like you're surprised that we were so high on Trey Young. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought I was high on him, and then you guys were like, right there with me, or like yeah, even beyond me. I think I had him highest, even. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which also was yeah, a I thought, big surprise I thought I was, to me. I thought I was going to be on an island, and then yeah. you <laughs> you went above <laughs> me. Uh, and I think a lot of those guys commenting on our uh, top one hundred on Facebook. There's also a few guys who was uh, in in a big big kind of disagreement in terms of Trey Young being higher than. You know those guys like saying uh, Trey Young shouldn't be higher than Zach Levine, and Trey Young shouldn't be higher than Wes Westbrook and whatnot. But like, like he a hundred percent should be. Like, put Trey Young on the floor, your offense is good. It's that it's that simple. Um, and they'll be one of the you know a top ten offenses league again this year again, basically on his back. This is sort of a team with just like a lot of depth. Like they might struggle to find minutes for all these guys. You know, they they go like 12 deep of players who can play, which is also good if we're talking about how's this team going to perform as a regular season team is, you know, every, every team's going to have mm. injuries. If your next man up is like, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, Kevin Herter gets hurt and then you have to play Cam Reddish more, like that's not really a, a you know, a big drop no. or, you know, may, maybe, you know, you lose Clint Capella, which would, you know, we were just saying he's, you know, he's an amazing player, but Okongwu should take a step forward this year, and you've got Goji Dang as sort of a, yeah. a third center. You know, this is just a, a team with a lot of a lot of depth. They've got a lot of versatility. You know, if you need some scoring, you've got Lemon Pepper Lou off the bench. If you want someone with more defense, you know, they've got a, a sort of a plethora of of long wings. And so I really like their roster construction. Obviously, the two guys at the top, John Collins and Trey Young, just got paid. You know, they they should be happy. And you know, I think they were one of the four best teams in the East last season, and you know, I don't see any reason why they should be taking a step back. No, it's just going to be a question of whether the teams around them are, are coming coming for them. You know, are the Knicks and the Celtics teams of that caliber are, are they are they catching up and ready to surpass them? And Miami, who we just talked about. The thing about the Atlanta Hawks is depth. I mean, I could see Miami Heat slip out of the top six just because they're not that deep and they are not exactly a young team. So. Mm. At some points, at some points of the season, they have to, you know, sit sit Lowry and, and Jimmy and I, I, I would think. But I mean, Atlanta. I mean, Trey Young. He's he's got plenty of energy in him. Um, he can play a full uh, eighty-two season without no problems. Yeah, and and they've got depth behind them where like they don't have to play him thirty-eight minutes a game. Right. You know, you can go to Lou Will, who can give you some buckets. Or you can go to, you know, DeLon Wright, who's a pretty underrated player, who's not an amazing offensive creator, but he's, you know, a very good defensive point guard. And also, like, just guys like there. Bogdan Bogdanovic. He, he can play with the ball in his hands. Uh, Kevin Herler yeah. had some good, you know, uh, he showed great improvement in terms of his ball handling and playmaking. He could get buckets all of a sudden. And DeAndre Hunter as well. He was playing really well, not as a ball handler or playmaker in that sense, but he he was hitting shots. And uh, I mean, all in all, I just we we just saw a lot of improvement all around this team, and I I expect them to improve again. So I think it's it's not that controversial to say they could possibly be a top top three team in the East. They got great coaching as well. Yeah, yeah. Depending on how it shakes out for the Sixers. Besides Trey Young. You know, just quietly, I think the guy with the highest ceiling is actually Cam Reddish. Some of the on-ball stuff that he's been able to show at times in the flashes and, you know, just being a wing-sized guy who can, you know, hold up defensively and, and possibly even be a, a positive defensive player. If he can take a step forward too, where now he's, you know, you've got another legit two-way wing who can create and, and play D, 
you know, you, you don't have to bank on it. You know, they're going to be a good team without that. But if, if he can take a step forward and he can be an improved player, then man, you 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 know, this this is probably not a team that we thought would be a conference finalist. But with, with the roster that they have, with Trey Young as one of the best offensive players already in the league, and if they can get some of those younger guys to continue to develop, you know, the DeAndre Hunter, the Cam Reddish, the Kevin Herters, if some of those guys can keep coming and, and taking steps forward, this is a, a legitimate team. One thing I'm a little bit scared about mm. with the Atlanta Hawks is that new rule change in, in the NBA. With, uh, I mean, we, we should see a few uh, free throw attempts from a guy like Trey Young. Uh, he yeah. was one of those yeah. guys who was, I, I think he might be one of the premier guys in terms of... Oh yeah, he's one of, one of the best bullshit foul yeah. drawers in the league. I, I think he was... at. He was a driver in, in terms of NBA wanted to make this rule change. So that's something I could be a little bit scared about. Is Trey Young going to be, you know, a, a, a lesser player next season? Yeah, like a lot of his, you know, he's a pretty efficient offensive player, but a lot of that's because he gets to the line so well and, and makes those. So we'll see if he can find, you know, other tricks to keep his off- offense, you know, efficient. Well, that, that could be a real, you know, a very real concern. Any final comments on the Hawks? I think that bas- on any of these teams. I think that that basically sums everything up with the Atlanta Hawks. We're both pretty high on Trey Young in in general. Um, this squad is pretty interesting, and I think they can be a contender if everything pans out. So yeah, I think that that does it for our like division walkthrough. I think that does it for me. Sounds good. Thanks for joining us in this walk through the through the Eastern Conference um, and always remember to uh, follow us on uh, Facebook where we're gonna post uh, our podcasts and um, yeah stay safe